Hello, you're listening to episode 35 of the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast, hosted by Jordan Ross, Todd Cowart, and Trevor Harden. In this episode, we sit down with Kyle Wareham of Pretty Darn, listen to samples of this week's upcoming bands, Heather Gillis and Pretty Darn, and reminisce about the week prior with Peter Carp and Time Sawyer. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast. I'm Jordan Ross. Hello, I'm Todd Cowart. I'm Trevor Harden. This week at the Roasting Room. Thursday, we got Mike Wilson and Dave Wingo, local songwriting legends. Legends. $10 ticket. They've already sold bleh, un- untold amounts. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be close to selling out by Thursday. Wingo's a big deal, so shout out to local guy. David Wingo has been, a, been on the island for 30 years playing music, so Absolutely. it should be a good And show. Mike Wilson is a, um, a Nashville guy that came here within the last 10 years and is kind of in that vein. Great show, Thursday, Thursday night. Friday night, we've got Heather Gillis Band coming in. Yeah, man, she's a uh, guitar player, lap steel player, songwriter, and singer, and arranger. She has uh, musical tastes of rock, soul, jazz, roots, and gospel. So it's good old kind of bluesy sound. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some awesome video on the RoastingRoomLounge.com website. If you go to her entry for the calendar of her playing some lap steel with her band, it looks really good. And apparently she's even... Uh, Played alongside and befriended, you know, some of the Allman Brothers and uh, North Mississippi All Stars. She's kind of getting, um, getting her legs out there and really making it happen. Twenty-two Great. years old. Twenty-two years old. See her now before she's twenty-three. Off. Before she's, before she's <laughs> yeah. Well Tickets done. are selling for that show Friday night, February 9th. See you up here. Getting cold, cold, cold in the shadow Alone and worrying I'll just be old, old, older tomorrow Kyle Wareham, thanks for having me Kyle What's up? Dude, what's up? A whole lot, man, a whole lot, yeah Uh, Very busy for February Mm Mm-hmm well, you're going to be busy here on Saturday night. You sold out your show. Oh, I did. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Pretty darn. Yep. Cue the trumpets. The First sold out time. music. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I'll get to it later. <laughs> you did it. That's sold out. All Captain right. On your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, we're going to do all that. Yep. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be great. Patches. Love it. I love it. We have patches, actually. Uh, we'll have patches at the merch table. It's pretty darn patches. Oh, see? Segway. They're ahead of the game. Embroidered. Yeah. So your merch table is going to be, I mean, patches? As we have patches. We have custom hats. Um anything that we found that was relatively cheap to put out. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> I like patches, but man. great quality. I got a couple pairs of jeans that could use some probably patches. Probably use a patch. Yeah, hey, man. We don't need no stinking <laughs> I need patches. One. I don't ever know. Where, no, I don't know where to go to get a patch. And they're but iron on. Saturday night, ah, you can get a patch. Down right, you can. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can. Awesome. Hey, tell me about your band. So pretty darn started out as a duo, and it was just myself and Nick Poulin playing acoustic. Um, and then we did our record, and we had a little fun, and we added a lot of percussion and and some some bass, not not like crazy bass lines, but some low end on the record. And 
And as we were playing around, we kind of felt like a lot of that was missing. Um, and I think Bill Gwynn, actually, the last time we played here, said, hey, do you want me to run sound and play bass from the back of the room next time? <laughs> and I said... Oh. At the roaster room? Yeah, I said, May maybe we're missing like some kind of low frequency. Um, but but since we've, we've added Nate Douglas on percussion, which helped, and then um, Alex Gonzalez uh, from Bluffton, is a great bass player with a great pocket, great instincts. And he just showed up to a, to a rehearsal and almost played the record exactly the way we had recorded the bass. So Wow. Yeah, we're, we're, we're bringing him on. This is our first kind of real, full, original show with him. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I think, Sweet. I think it's going like to elevate the performance. Sweet. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> put the pressure awesome. on him. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> now, he works at Fretworks as well. He works at show. Fretworks, yeah. yeah. A friend of the roasting room. Yep. They have helped us out many a time. Mm -hmm. Love those guys. Shout out to Fretworks. Yeah. Bluffton Music Store. got an album out now self-titled yep self-titled debut came out last year um last april i believe um so we're coming up on a year and uh and we'd like to put a second one out um we started writing actually uh jared templeton who's going to be opening the show on saturday is a extremely gifted lyricist great songwriter and very prolific that kid can wake up and write a song every morning nice um and he's he's been doing a lot of writing for us, with us, for us. Mm -hmm. So um, a, a couple of the songs we've already started doing pre-production for, he wrote entirely. And I think if we can get it together, we're going to perform those on Saturday. Cool. But it uh, it just adds like a whole different kind of flavor to to Pretty Darn. Yeah. And and even the last record, Jared was on as a co-engineer, co-producer, did a little bit of writing. My wife did a little bit of writing, so it's always been kind of this like family process. Yeah. Um, and I think this is just going to take it to the next level. Definitely. Now let's let's go back to where you came from and where Pretty Darn is. So you started with with uh, Three Legged Fox mm -hmm. and a nationally touring kind of a reggae band. Yep. So now you're moving into this other band that seems more like just loose fun. Let's just go out and have a good time type of band. Mm -hmm. That's kind of turning into a pretty big thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, it pretty darn pretty. pretty I'm sorry, pretty, pretty darn, darn big, big things. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think when when I met Nick and we started playing together, we we didn't have any plans of of making it official um, of of starting a band. Uh, but he's so good, and and the way we sing together is just so seamless. And then when we started started working together to actually write, it was just as seamless and easy. And uh, and I have a studio, and I have the ability to record music and, and put it out and and we did that and it all just kind of we never I don't think we ever sat down and discussed what it was we were doing it just kind of kind of became something yeah um and it's it's one of the most satisfying projects I've ever had going on and and that debut record I usually can't listen to stuff that I record or that I'm on ever and uh I still listen to that record as a fan almost <laughs> so, so it's yeah, like it's great That's yeah awesome. It's, it's got to be... It's a killer record. I've heard it. It's Thanks. definitely absolutely great sounding record. Thank you, yeah. It's happy. It's happy, right. It is. Yeah, it's definitely that, happy. That's funny. Yeah. Some, yeah. Somebody just, just brought that up to me the other day. Um, I've been doing some writing with uh, with Stace. She's mm -hmm. an artist from Savannah. 
Um, and she met Jared actually uh, at the the last show here with Souls Harbor and and, yeah, yeah. and referee. And she saw something in him. It's probably the same thing that I saw. He's he's really talented. She brought him on uh, as part of her band to do her ser a series of CD release shows. And he told her about me and gave gave her the pretty darn CD. And she said, "This sounds so happy." I would love to make some stuff that sounds like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so she came over and she she presented that idea to me and you know, I I made that record in the room that she came over to meet me at. So I said I could probably do that for you. It's kind of a corny word adjective to describe, but it's 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 poignant, man, cuz it's songwriting can be so heady. You know, you can get so lost in that and you, and, you know it can it can it can get deep and and heavy. But if your if your target is happy, that's almost a good way to approach writing in the studio. I don't know. What do you th I mean? I mean, I think anything that makes people feel good is a good thing. Um, Cheers to that. Cheers know? to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, I, I've never been much of a sad songwriter. Um, I like I like to feel good, and I like to to listen to things that make me feel good. Now, granted, there's always a time to listen to sad music. And I'm not saying that that nothing on our record is sad, but it's just presented in such a way that it it, it can it musically will make you feel good, even if lyrically it's challenging. But whatever, that's cool. yeah, yeah that's you know, great. yeah. Well, there's not much sad reggae music either. No, I don't think <laughs> so. is there such thing? I don't, I don't even know. think there's such thing. I don't know many rivers to cross. That's a, I that's, guess. A, that's, that's a true. Lyric, yeah. Reggae just as a as a genre though, just right. kind of as a sound lifts right. you up. Right. Right. right, exactly. It's it's like a it's a vehicle of. A, a happiness cracker that you could put whatever That's right. <laughs> you want on <laughs> it. It's Trisket. It's great. Well, if you want to dig way back into the de you know the, the depths of reggae, that's kind of the it was the escape from all of the crap that was going right, around yeah, them. Sure. So right. It really was an escape. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's avoiding the power structure and trying to to empower people. And I, I it's think hard to do that with a sad song. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, or exactly. sad sound. True. Exactly. With sad sound. Right. Yeah. Said you don't live here no more They wrote over history So you might not remember me But I'm Let's talk about that song, Home Country. Tell me what message you're conveying in this song. Well, um, lyrically, that song stems from a quote that I read a while back, and I, I can't remember it exactly or, or who the quote is from, but it was something like, <clears throat> um, uh, a woman, or uh, it's pretty archaic, the wording, but it's, the female doesn't want a man who is rich or uh, is a poet, doesn't want a man who's rich doesn't want a man who's a poet. She wants a man who understands her eyes when she gets sad and who points to his chest and says, this is your home country. And I always like that. I always like that quote. And I always like the metaphor of, of being somebody's home or, or being somebody's place of refuge even, or somebody's shelter. And, uh, and so the song is about a girl because it's written from the 
perspective of a guy is about a girl who um, is afraid of love or is r running from love or is, doesn't know where she, where she belongs and, and is afraid to, to commit, I guess. Um, so it's, it's just about saying, you know, go do what, what you need, what you think you need to do, but I'm here, you know, and, and when you need it, I'll, I'll be your home country. Yeah. So it's bad. Some, some bad deep ass, stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was actually, that was, a, that was a collaborative effort between, I came up with the chorus in the first verse and, and Nick wrote the second verse and then actually Rushton Bowen, also a very talented songwriter from Bluffton, uh, wrote the third verse. Nice, didn't know that. Yep, and then Jared wrote a little tag that we left off the record that we were kind of going to save for, for maybe a bonus release eventually, but we always perform it live, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just moving. Like holy water, like southern rain, you've washed me over, and I'll never be the same. I think I already love you How can that be? Halfway back from Carolina City of the Queen Oh, halfway back from Carolina So this record was recorded at Shelter Studios, which is in your house. Yep. What else you got going on at Shelter Studios? Um, <clears throat> always something. Uh, there's always pre-production and writing going on. Uh, uh, we're working on a Jared Templeton solo record, which is going to be really cool. Um, and I have Whitley Deputy in there right now. So I'm really, really excited about this record. It's like nothing I've ever done before. Um, and if, any, if you've ever seen Whitley before, you know, he's really into kind of old Motown, uh, Stax, funk, and, and, um, and soul. And I've never done done a record like that, and he just knows some of the most talented musicians. So it's it's really fun. Like a lot of the time, when I do projects, it's it's with somebody who's just written songs, and they don't know what they want on them. They they don't know the instrumentation. They don't have players. So I usually have to figure that out. But I mean, he just just a revolving door of of amazing studio musicians, um, bass players, keyboardists, drummers, backup vocalists. Um, we sent, a big we, yeah, we sent some tracks down to uh, to um, Jim DeVito, who runs uh, oh, I forget the name of his studio in St. Augustine, uh, Re Retrophonic, yeah, yeah, Retrophonic, and, uh, and so we sent them down and had a bunch of keyboard tracks recorded by uh, by Eric from from Mofro, uh, and then all recorded to tape and sent back. So they sound like way better than all the stuff I've recorded. <laughs> so I'm gonna try and tape saturate some other stuff and and blend it together, but um. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. Uh, we'll be done tracking in about a week or a week and a half. Um, then we're going to do some overdubs, some female backup vocals, and then uh, then mix it and ho hopefully have it out by this summer. Dang. What direction did he kind of lead you in based on your palette? I mean, can you are you pulling from old stuff? Are you pulling from new stuff that sounds old? Where are you at? That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a lot. I'm... I'm, I'm Pulling a lot from from old stuff as far as what to leave kind of loose, and mm. and what what to tighten up, because mm. I think that's important. But I but I also think, and he agrees that that the record there's a certain sound that people expect nowadays. So so the sure. record has to have a modern sound, and I think that's mostly like a big low end, and and right. um, you know the drums pretty tight, drum and bass pretty tight, and then we can leave 
everything kind of loose on top of that. Uh, so, so that's, it's actually, it's actually a lot more challenging to do it this way than it would be to just edit everything, just record, right. edit, get it tight, record, edit, get it tight. So it's a, it's a lot of listening and, and just like critically deciding what can stay and what can't. Cause we, we don't, we don't want anything computerized and edited and quantized or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I always, uh, I mean, I know there's a thousand things that old recording styles versus modern are different. But the thing I always notice when I listen to like oldies and things from 50 years ago is how far back the drums are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the drums are just basically not even there. Yeah. Well, they'll, it's they'll literally in, in the room. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of room sounds mm -hmm. on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Motown is, it's a lot of like just heavy reverb chambers. Um, everything's in mono and, and everything's recorded to these like vintage tape machines, which I know I can't, I'm not going to emulate. You don't have a studio. That sound. Right. No, <laughs> you know, and, and ultimately it's, everything goes back into pro tools and down to 44.1 16 bit anyway. So right. I'm just trying to capture the soul yeah. <laughs> of these getting, old soul records. Right. Without getting too techie. I mean, I, as an engineer, um, do, do are the sounds that you're getting? Uh, I mean, do you actually pull up other tracks and you're like, you know what? I really like the sort of drum sound from this Van Morrison record in '70 or whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna shoot for those tones. And do you actually A B your tracks? Uh, do you engineer like that, where you where you're looking for a tone and you actually use reference recordings for tones? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, probably not as much in in tracking. Um, but in mixing. When yeah. I'm yeah, when I'm doing the actual engineering, but but uh, like for the drums, I'll just set up a ton of mics, honestly, just because I'm not sure what I want to get. So like I'll st I'll put out like a wide stereo pair of ribbon mics, <clears throat> because that's that's a lot to do with the warm kind of vintage sound of the drums. Or I'll do like ribbon mic underheads. But then I'll also set up you know a pair of small diaphragm condensers XY over the kit or something. Put up a mono room mic. Two room mics in the corners, right. uh, close mic everything, two two mics on the kick, usually put like a, a tent over the kick so that when I go to mix, I'll probably end up only using two or three actual mic tracks from the kit, you know, and, right. and then maybe plug in a kick sample. But I have the option and then I'll bring up like an old early 70s record and listen to the drums and say, what mics can I use to get to get that sound? Yep, right. You know, and it's I don't it's different with every song, too, because the songs themselves on the record are so different i have to figure out which direction i want them to go in and then at the end bringing it all together to sound like it's cohesive all on one record is going to be a challenge but it's fun I'm, yeah when I, people listen to records they don't realize no, how much no, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, sure. and we sweat this all out but yeah everybody just it's they're going to be great songs and that's yeah well and it's different than like video production like you know trevor is really getting into video production these days and so we talk about video production and in video production you can't have eight cameras because the cameras are we'll seen see by other. the other cameras right, and yep. so but in audio heck yeah man if throw you're tracking as, many as you can throw yeah, exactly. as many as you can right? exactly yeah, yeah. I get the sense it's going to sound like a Leon Bridges record. I would love, I would love for, <laughs> I for want it to it sound. To. Yeah, That'd be great. <laughs> Maybe even a little more modern, almost like. Um, mm, I don't uh, know. His snare is like in in a uh, like a cathedral. His vocal mm, tracks awesome. too. The like just that slight bit of tape distortion that's like almost sounds like lo-fi but yeah but good we're getting a little geary and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that man and we're get, we're we're gonna go down the rabbit hole. Do you think? Because here's something that I've been thinking about recently is um, with like Universal Audio and Slate and all of these new plugins that are so good. I mean, they're so good that literally 
I, I watched on Reverb um, when the when Universal Audio released the Distressor. I watched the prices fall thirty percent on the hardware units, man. Like in a week, it was like, yeah. whoa, this because they just sound that good. It's that good. It replaces it, and it's like, well, why am I going to run these cables yep. and have to deal with something? But my question is this: um, now that this crazy vintage gear is available at the thousand dollar price point. Do you, as an engineer, do, you, do does it change the way that you sort of hear it when all of a sudden you know everybody has an LA two A, everybody has the distressor, everybody has a ten seventy three board they're tracking through, and and that is a I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a total paradigm shift that's happened oh, yeah. really in the last two or three years. I don't know if you got anything to say. I was just talking about that to somebody. It's <clears throat> it comes along with, I think, the, the popularity of the home studio. Um, everybody wants the ability to make their own records, and not everybody has 50 years to learn how to turn knobs to get things to sound right. And, yeah, like the... the the distressor, distressor plug-in, the LA-2A, all, all, the, all the software versions of these hardware units are amazing. And I just got the Steven Slate Everything Bundle, and it's pretty much all I use right now. So I watch these videos of these guys at Fairfax and stuff running through their gear list, and I have that in my computer. It is insane, right, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, and so, if you A and B it, you can't tell the difference. No. Even the best ears can. You can't tell. You really can't. No. Nope. I mean, especially once it gets, once it gets put down to, to, to right. CD, Here's you know? Right. Right. So it's it's really leveled the playing field, and what I really like, um, this will be the last thing I talk about that probably nobody will understand, <laughs> is we're, we're all <laughs> you, get, you get these guys like Andrew Sheps and these like amazing engineers who not only are re- releasing uh, uh, presets for these plugins, but they're also putting out their own plugins where it's only one or maybe two knobs, you know, with 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 labels like. Good, good, bad. Yeah, good, good to better, you know, or or like bland to bright. Right. And yeah. it's yeah. It's, it's like what so they're easy. what they're doing is is a combination of so many different things, but in one knob. So it's really anymore. Everybody, you anybody can get the sound that that they're looking for, and it's really anybody true. can get great sounds out of anything. You know, I think still microphone preamp and converter is important, but beyond that, I mean, yeah, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, and it's but, and we we've had we played this devil's advocate game before on the podcast, and I want to go there again. Is is that okay? Oh yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Is it is it okay for I, the for the end consumer? Absolutely, because sure. it's it's a golden age of music. But is too much choice a good thing? Well, I, there's a quote that I read recently, which is so good, and it says, "If you want to make a million dollars, let's." It, Create a product that will allow someone to indulge their own resistance, and so that means to indulge their own resistance. Yeah, like in a, like in an artistic thing. Like uh, so many artists will do anything, and gear is like this great hurdle. It's horrible hurdle right. for everyone to like chase these insatiable gear ghosts around that are right. dumb. They're totally right. dumb, and they have nothing to do with music, but it's this, in, it's this resistance that we all sort of indulge instead of doing the thing that we want to do. Which, which is, is release music. Which is release right. music, right, which right. is so funny. It clears the hurdles out. But that's what I'm saying. But is, but is that a good, well, let me good finish. thing for because, all of it? Because when you do that, when, when, when the knob is good, better, and, and we've eliminated, uh, you don't have to spend a hundred years researching this stuff anymore. Like, I think five years ago, the number of people who knew about what an LA-2A was and what it looked like 
it's there was nobody that really except really geary guys mm-hmm. but now it's nice that that hurdle has been removed and it's so easy that it can just be about the music I right think, and instead i think of the gear and it's like you, you know we have a- access easily to all these emulated la two a's la three a's and amazing sounding pieces of gear but that doesn't mean that you instantly know how and when to use them correct you, you still yeah, have to true. figure that out and also with these one knob plugins like yeah you know it's for your tone it, uh, dull to bright or whatever but there's no knob that is for a song that goes from bad song to good song <laughs> that's right there's that's no true. there's or no knob playing. for performance right. that goes yeah, from bad true. performance to good performance so it's still you know 95% in hearing what needs to be played what belongs there is this song good is this song working is it is it going to capture people's attention you know yeah we can make it all sound like it came out of the hit factory right. but that doesn't mean it's going to be a hit but that's the point, I think, because now that the 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 production stuff is kind of getting easier, and I don't mean to like poo-poo production, sure, but it is. Yeah, it, it's getting easier. I think that um, it, it the the great performances are going to be captured. Now. Right. I think that's cool. And yeah. I think that that encourages great performances to be captured. Like when somebody's playing in my garage and I, you know, I have minimal overhead and, and I can say, Hey, you know, let's throw let's tack on another couple hours and they feel comfortable and they're not in control room a with, you know, looking at the clock with a bunch of people about to get a bill afterwards, you know, like you can fully concentrate on music because you're in your home or you're in your friend's house or there's something like that, you know? And I I think that encourages comfortability is what makes great music feeling good when you're recording your record. And, I think if, if you feel uncomfortable, you feel rushed, the record's going to feel uncomfortable and rushed. Or if you're in a room with a bunch of engineers you don't know and they're yeah. making you oh, nervous. Yeah, and, and you. you're like, wow, these guys have worked on some of the greatest records. I, they probably think my stuff sucks. You know, right. like that's, and, and that can happen. I've been in those situations. So I, I think it's great. And I think I think everybody deserves to put their music out in in the best possible format. And, and it allows for that. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. And once you take it to the next step, and where where my head is right now is on the how do you separate then what is what sounds good on a record to what is actually good on stage that's that's the issue that that's i'm that, that's the issue that i'm ru- going to be running into and this this moves forward into video live video and that's and this is really a lesson to to bands that are on the road get good video of live performance mm-hmm. anybody can sound good in the studio now like that's just it you know right. your bedroom recording is going to sound good great that that doesn't matter anymore what matters is live performance for me for, well, a, for, uh, for talent you, buyer yeah. live performance is that's it well I'm, and cds have become in a lot of ways um and a nothing more than a, a promotion of a live performance it's a because card, it, yeah. yeah it's a, a business, business card, card right, cool. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. But but that's great, and you know, and and people anymore with the advancement of streaming online radio and and Spotify and these, you know, you can listen to whatever you want whenever you want, and you can go into your Spotify browse and they'll just start playing songs they think you'll like, so you can literally target your own style and find new music that way, and then that's how you find the music that you like and then this band is playing at the roasting room next week you know and they're not signed to virgin they're not signed to 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 sony they just made it in in their basement you know and and 
they're playing down the street. So you right. go see it. But then, yeah, there is, I think there is a big part of when you show up to see them play, you want it to sound like the song that, that got you hooked, you know? Right. So, yeah, and, and that's another challenge, you know, because you, you can be in your house and you can put all these sounds and amazing right. loops and professionally recorded stuff and make it sound great. But then if it doesn't connect with the audience when they play live, you haven't really gotten yourself anywhere. You got everybody to the restaurant, but nobody liked the food. So that <laughs> right. perfect. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know? That's really it. And there's there's value in just creating the music, which is great. But if you want to be a touring musician, you got to be able to back up what you put together. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I think what you're saying is that now the 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 only food is the performance. Like you know, the the the, the production and the produced product doesn't put food on the table. It's you got to put asses in seats right, at a yeah. venue to make a living as a if musician. You, yeah, right, yeah, if that's right. your goal. Right. If you want to make a living as a right. musician. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. correct. And then you will sell those those units, and you yeah. will sell that production, right, and that, sure. then that production will matter. Right? Mm -hmm. You know. Well, I know that this production is going to be amazing on Saturday. Yeah, that's what I know for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And we can't even sell a ticket to it because it's sold out. That's great. That's great. Um, I I love this place, and I love that we have somewhere we can go and book a show, and it's it's. We know that people are coming to hear our songs. You know, yeah. nobody's going to yell, do some country. Do some country. Oh, it would be hilarious if <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> I they, might yell it. They can. <laughs> but it's nice, like, to have, we, we, we do rehearsals for these shows. You know, we, we write a set list and, and we do rehearsals and, and we want each time we play here to be unique, you know, just because just we, we have these original songs and people want to hear them. We don't just want to get up there and just play them straight through for everybody, you know, right. because that will get old too. And I think in this climate, more and more, it's important to, um, to offer a little twist or a little something new uh, every time you release something or every time somebody comes to see you. Um, yeah. So we're we're treating it like we're about to to take this show on tour and and you know here, here's what our set's going to be. So it's maybe you should. It's going to be really fun. <laughs> I yeah. think you will. I think it's inevitable that you will take it on tour. <laughs> yeah, I, man. I, well, how many times have you played the roasting room now? Um. Uh, a handful, I think, under as an opener. You'll, I mean, you did well, it as, as pretty darn. As pretty darn, played here t three times. We right? we played here. Well, as f f like a show where we sell tickets. Yeah, maybe three times. But I think the first time we ever played here was just Nick and I before we had even written a song together. It was for a private event that y'all were having here. Yeah. But that was like the original kind of. That was just me on cajon and Nick on uh, on guitar. Uh, doing a lot of covers. So that 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 was. Probably one of the first times we ever played as Pretty Darn, actually. Yeah. Well, I, I was at, it was, I guess, I, I don't know if it was your first or your second show here, but I came in and it was so obvious that you guys were the next thing. I mean, uh -huh. not only locally, but I think regionally. I think it was just like, yeah, these guys have it. There's no question. These guys are the next thing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I think, I think the stuff like that, if, if that's what it's going to be, then that's what it's going to be. You know, I mean, we're, we're not particularly trying to do anything or expand in any way, but the music is kind of making its way around, you know? Yeah. And like tomorrow we're, we go to Charleston, we're doing an interview and a photo shoot for nine to five magazine in Charleston. Um, and so we're going to try and try and link up with some people there and maybe book a show there, maybe book a show in Savannah. I don't, you know, I don't but know. But yeah, your heart's in the right place. And we've talked about this, like this podcast, you know, we're not getting paid for this. We don't, we just do it because we really love it. And I think that's what makes it good. And I think that 
all things that you don't start with like a financial a model or a need as you're yeah. as yeah. you're driving mm-hmm. it, they they will bloom naturally on their own at a much accelerated pace than if you had been like some mastermind with a marketing plan kind of thing yeah, you yeah. Know, like all that yeah those examples go all the way across the board yeah. Oh, yeah. all the across yeah. the board yeah, yeah. yeah. do e- something you love eagerness yeah. is gross eagerness, yeah right eagerness <laughs> the ugliest yeah i think oh, yeah. You, i think especially with with creating you should never create other than just to create um Mm -hmm. because it because it makes you feel good doing it i think i don't think anybody's ever sat down and said "Ooh, i'm gonna uh i'm gonna make an album so that i can make tons of money and then that it actually worked out i don't i don't think that 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 happens but i think when you do something from a place of love and and enjoyment when that reaches people they they feel love and enjoyment too and then they they just want to be a part of it yeah it's got such a good vibe dude you know (laughs) Weekly uh, member of the podcast. It <laughs> it's just true. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, thank you for sitting down today with mm-hmm. us. Kyle, you're the man. Uh, thanks, guys. Do you have time to hang out for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. While we do the rest minutes. of the podcast. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, hey, pretty darn Saturday night, February 10th. Can't even get a ticket. Right. And you, want, you want to hit a URL or anything like that? Um, PrettyDarn.com. Uh, if Nick paid the bill this month, <laughs> should be I'll up, check it out. Should be up and running. Uh, we have some new merch. Um, we're hopefully going to sell it out at the show, but Patches if, if, if we don't, it will be, will be available on the web store. Um, and yeah, just just keep looking for us. Yes, yeah, so you got some hats as well. Yeah, love those hats. I can confirm that PrettyDarn.com is live and Nick. Thanks, Nick. Gold star. Yeah, Nick Poolin. Kyle Wareham, Nate Douglas, Alex Gonzalez, and some surprises, yep. maybe. I mean, Jared Templeton. Jared Templeton's opening the show. It's going to be a hot one. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate Thanks. you. Thanks, guys. She drives, gets the last thing on her mind. We try, is that sun it's on the ride. My everyday Welcome to the Soundboard Rewind. And if you can't take the freedom, then step on to the rear. Cause I'm walking on a tightrope in a circus full of fear. Band sold the room out Friday night. Woo! Blues 411 concert series. It's a foregone conclusion. He'll be back. Look for those shows coming up in at least the next six to eight months. Peter Carp Band. PeterCarp.com. K A R P.
That was Time Sawyer. They had a sellout as well. We had back-to-back sellouts this week. We need, we need a room. bell or something for that one. Bing, That's bing, a good bing, one, yeah. Hey, we got some good stuff coming up this week. So, Kyle, what are we playing out today? I'm going to play a track off Angie Aparo's uh, new album. I had the good fortune of catching his CD listening party at the Jazz Corner about a week and a half ago. And uh, I think this is track seven or, or eight, but this one really caught me for some reason. Um, cool. So, yeah. It's called John the Baptist. Yep. Angie Aparo. Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast. I'm Jordan Ross. Todd Cowart. Trevor Harden. One, two, I'm loving you with my heart.